1: Sean Payton, keep talking that mm-hmm. we're gonna see him soon. You mm-hmm. feel me?
2: Alright, welcome to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. <laughs> I'm Steve Barrow, here is always with Johnny Gomez. Uh, Johnny, the Rams are 2-0. Wasn't the prettiest game, but uh, a win is a win, and now we are in a three-way tie for first place in the NFC West, because we are not allowed to have nice things. But, feels good to be winning, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. All things considered, it, it was just seconds away from being a four-way tie, but for real. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's good because I think this is this is certainly something you're gonna want to see, especially for non-divisional opponents. This is clearly one of the best divisions that the NFL has seen in many years, and the fact that they're um, that they're this good, and, and keep in mind the only loss to this division came to the Seattle Seahawks against you know not a bad Tennessee Titans team. So <laughs> this 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 basically shows you that every game is going to count. So there there can't be any more close calls uh, that that are losses going back to like last season where. <laughs> There was way too many close calls, uh, you know that could have easily been won. Uh, so it, it's it's good that the Rams are kind of on the other side of that note, you know, starting to win these close calls. Uh, most recently against the Indianapolis Colts.
2: <laughs> yeah, there are more two and out teams in the NFC West than the rest of the NFC. There are more two and out teams in the NFC West than there are in the entire AFC. So not a great draw. And yeah, like you said, it was Seattle barely lost that game. And, uh, you know, the the Titans, they lost in week one to Arizona, right? So, I mean, depending on how you feel about Arizona, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's It, it is going to be an interesting season. I think there's a very... Very real chance that all four of these teams make the playoffs. Uh, a lot of talent in this division. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to talk about this sloppy s- sloppy win, I guess, against the Indianapolis Colts here. But first, we want to say our podcast is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Networks. Uh, head over to Blue Wire's website and check out all their other podcasts in the feed if you want more sports podcasts. And, of course, we are presented by Tick Pick the best place to buy tickets for your favorite event for your Rams game, tickpick.com. Go check them out. So, so I, uh, this, we're recording this Monday night. So, uh, by Wednesday, I'm not sure what the Daryl Henderson injury situation is going to look like, but we could, I I mean, I think it's a good place to start before we really get into our thoughts about the game. It's the most relevant news right now. Henderson, uh, he suffered a rib injury in this football game. He came out near the end of the third quarter, didn't come back onto the field, but um, it uh, for initial reports, it doesn't seem to be too serious. the uh, The Rams are optimistic he will be able to play in Week Three's matchup against Tampa Bay. They're categorizing. categorizing wow. Well, <laughs> Sorry, guys, it's a little late here. Categorizing this game as, or this injury as a rib cartilage injury. So, Johnny, I guess first thoughts are, well, I mean, I guess we know all we know about this injury, but, uh, like, let's say hypothetically he can't play, and right now it seems like it'll be a real 50 50 thing, uh, given what we know now. H- how did you feel about Sony Michelle in this game? He got some extended work, and I mean,. Uh if if Henderson can miss this this Tampa game, how drastically do you think it would affect our chances in that matchup?
1: Well, I think it uh, uh, affects it a little bit for sure. Uh I I'm not going to suggest that Daryl Henderson is you know the most important you know piece to this offense, but he is he is an important piece nonetheless. And mm-hmm behind Henderson is really what kind of concerns me. Uh, because, you know, Sonny Michelle. I think he, he's a quality backup. I think he's going to do his job. But keep in mind, this is a guy that joined the Rams really late in the offseason, uh, as, about as late as you could possibly get. And, you know, him trying to adjust to the Rams' offensive scheme, It you know, I'm not sure if he's quite ready yet. Uh, we forget that even the rookies have had more experience with this offense than Sonny Michel has. Uh, he might be a veteran, but it's still, you know, a learning process for him too. Now, uh, I I do think that from what I saw in the game, that he had his moments where, you know, he he could get some pretty good yardage here and there. Uh, but he also had his moments where it's just looked like he just ran into a brick wall. So, um... I I think I'm fairly confident that Sony Michelle can at least fill the void. You know, I may not have the same success as Darrell Henderson, but I think that he can do a serviceable enough job. And um, just by how how this uh, offense is ran, it's not the same type of offense where the Rams are reliant completely on the running back in terms of like, especially the passing game. Yeah. You know, Daryl Henderson was out there, you know, catching the football as well, but with all the weapons out there and weapons that we haven't even really seen yet. Um, I, I, I think that the Rams will be okay offensively, but yeah, I, I, am I'm fairly confident in Sony Michelle behind him though. That's where I'm a little concerned because then you're basically going to ask Jake Funk to step up and, uh, play that backup role and who that that's a lot to put on a rookie especially uh you know one that wasn't expecting to get a lot of in-game action uh at least not on from running back position
2: yeah and uh to sharp that rotation they they signed Javian Hawkins to the practice squad Javian Hawkins if those who don't know he was an undrafted free agent for the Atlanta Falcons a lot of people thought he might have a chance to compete for carries there he got cut by them signed with the titans also cut by the titans and that was all this year so you're not too optimistic about that signing and i I am completely aligned with you on jake funk but i I will say this with i I think sonny ran very well in the fourth quarter of this game he had some he picked up some crucial first downs for us uh i I late in that fourth quarter when we kind of fed him the rock i mean this guy didn't really play until the fourth quarter and he had 10 carries so they they gave him a lot of work and i thought he made the most of it you know if you look at the snap counts he played 16 snaps he got handed the ball off on 10 of them so uh a lot of work in a in limited time and i i think he played well i think he was contributed to this victory do i think he played better than daryl henderson no absolutely not and i think that yeah if, if henderson isn't healthy your odds of winning the game go down, albeit not by a lot, but it, it, they'll certainly feel the impact of that loss. And, but even though it's a tough matchup against Tampa Bay, you want all the help you can get. Given Henderson's history, injury history, I don't want to play him if there's any chance that he could re-aggravate that injury. You know, if it's really just pain tolerance kind of thing. Then, yeah, sure, play him, see what happens. But if if there's any chance of re-entry, let the guy get to 100%. You know, Michelle played well enough where I don't think you need to try Henderson out there in this game. And Tampa Bay, if if we are going to beat Tampa Bay, it's going to be through the air. So, you know, they have a really good run defense this year. Uh, they, they bottled up the Cowboys in Week 1. They bottled up the Falcons in Week 2, although... I don't know how much that means to people <laughs> bottling up that rushing attack, but uh, it's one of the better run defenses in the NFL. And I mean, that's not going to be your game plan in this game, anyways. I think Michelle played well enough to where I feel pretty good if he is the guy getting the carries. I'd feel better if it was Henderson, but I'd rather have Sony Michelle be the starter than a not 100% Daryl Henderson in this game for sure. Um, and I, because of how much they're playing Henderson, the guys behind michelle aren't going to play anyways but obviously if there's an injury we're going to be in a lot of trouble in that case
1: yeah rib injuries are pretty tricky as well you know and that's why it surprised me a little bit that they were optimistic that he was going to play in in, uh week three you know that that's not typically a timeline you see unless it's like i don't know like uh bruised ribs or something like that you know just the outer portion Uh, but in his case it's like the cartilage so I don't I'm no doctor so maybe uh, that's more or less serious I'm not really sure but um, yeah you you don't want to mess with the ribs too much I mean he's constantly getting hit in that area so uh, may want a little more time to recuperate there
2: yeah and and if you play him you, you can't give him the workload you've given him in the first two games, snap count wise, you you got to mix in Sony in there. You know he he looked good. He looked pretty good in this game. Uh, he's not Daryl Henderson, but he, he he played really solid. And I mean, he averaged more yards per carry. Um, historically, he's he's kind of been non-existent in the passing game. But part of that is might be due to the fact that the Patriots have James White, who is like the literal most useful pass-catching back of the last decade. Uh, Yeah, so they're not – they weren't looking to throw him the ball. So I I, I don't know. I I think if Henderson plays, unless somehow Friday he is absolutely 100%, I I personally would either sit him or play him on a limited basis unless he somehow miraculously gets to full health. Uh, But I, I feel good enough in Sony that you don't need to play Henderson in this game. And even if they trot out Michelle, they sit Henderson, and that ends up being the difference maker, it's fucking week three, man. Like, there's no point of putting that much risk on the line with Henderson if you don't have to.
1: But still... I really want a victory over the Bucs.
2: I would love a victory over the Bucs. Uh, and I feel good about that matchup, no matter which one of them plays, honestly. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, Johnny. But first, Rams football is, is finally back. I mean, we're 2-0. and And I we got to get to some of these games, man. This team is on fire. I want to be at these games. But... Buying tickets is hard, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all the all over the internet to find your Rams tickets anymore, because TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, all one word, is the original no-fee ticket website, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets, because we all hate fees, right? Every website's got these hidden fees, hidden fees, but TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other websites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, because, hey, I didn't believe when I first read this, if you could find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So they're going to give you even more money if you (laughs) can find a better deal here. I mean, it's crazy. They, They are so confident in their service that... They're going to give you a 110% of the difference in a purchase price if you could find a better deal. You guys know I'm over here on the East Coast with a displaced Rams fan. Luckily, the Rams are flying across the country in a few weeks to take on the New York Football Giants, and I'm planning on getting tickets to that game. And, of course, I'll be using TickPick. So I'm going to be getting the same deal that I'm giving you guys right now. You head over to TickPick.com slash use our promo code again rtr same promo code rtr just the three letters all caps you're gonna save ten dollars on your first pair of rams tickets using tickpick.com every penny counts guys we all know the rams they're never losing again so you're gonna want to attend every football game you can go to and you're gonna want to avoid all those hidden fees and get the best price you can using tick pick again t-i-c-k p-i-c-k let's talk about the colts A 27-24 victory for the Rams. And, boy, did they make it as dramatic as they possibly could. Uh, They're they're throwing snaps off of Nick Scott. Uh, They're getting intercepted. They're they're playing a very leaky defense. Uh, They don't break mentality on defense in this game, but they certainly broke quite a few times. But still, a win is a win, and... There's a lot of things to be concerned about coming out of this game, and I think we will have a lot of those concerns answered in next week's matchup against Tampa Bay, who is a really good football team and the defending champs. But I think because the Colts lost last week, because they're, kind, they're not a sexy team, I think it's easy to forget that they are still a good football team. Not a great one. But I would say they're probably in the top half of teams in the league. Uh, I'd have to really chart them out, but I I'd feel pretty good in putting them there. And so yeah. it, it to me it's not like there are things to be concerned about. It's uh, really on defense for, for me in this game. Um, but it, it was a, a win that they toughed out. They faced a lot of adversity, and they really they didn't fold. Uh, they lost a lead late in the game, their running back got injured, they didn't have him out there, and they just roared down the field for two straight drives at the end of this game to to put it away. I, you know, it would have been nice if they never gave it away, but overall, I, I feel more, I feel like there's more positive things in this victory than negative things. Yeah,
1: I I tend to agree with you there are more positives but the negatives are something to be concerned about uh I I do I do like the fact that especially as as Steve mentioned towards the end of the game uh when, when it counted you saw both sides of the football these these two sides really know knew how to you know either lock them down offensively uh or I mean defensively and then you know, just drive the ball downfield, like, effortlessly. Well, uh, I
2: I, I, I got to say this. Early on in this game, the defense made a lot of great plays, and they did at the end of the game. They were in the process of blowing this game, and they got handed a fucking gift when Carson Wentz got hurt. Uh, the game was over yeah. as soon as Jacob Eason walked onto the field.
1: Pretty much. Uh, there, there's absolutely no question there. But, <laughs> but yeah, I... I I was actually astonished seeing this, uh, the Rams offense, you know, just, it, it it just, it was amazing to see, that this offense step up, and you, you'd never know that this offense struggled at all if you based it on that, you know, last touchdown drive by the Rams. It, you know, they, it, you know, it looked like Matthew Stafford was like, okay, I I think I gotta play Seriously now, and then he you know just slung it out there the receivers actually caught the football and yeah it it was it was so effortless and it's nothing like I've ever seen uh in a recent Rams team where you know they you see him take the field and you just automatically are confident that they can score whereas in the past it's like damn i don't I don't know if the Rams are gonna dig themselves out of this. And uh, yeah, I, I mean the the whole putting themselves in this scenario is it, it can't happen to you know a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but um, hopefully they'll iron that out. Uh, I'll I'll try and chalk this up as as you know kind of rust, you know, shaking out and uh, making things work uh, on special teams, especially because. It was not-so-special teams last year. Uh, this year kind of spoiled it, uh, spilled in a little bit. But, you know, I, I think all in all, I, I am very happy with what I saw and in uh, certain parts of uh, the game. It's just they can't have that at all against certain teams and certainly not against the Buccaneers. Uh, I, otherwise, it's it's going to end up in an L.
2: Yeah, and... Yeah, I agree. You can't do this against Tampa next week. Although, last year's Tampa Bay... Every every game we've had against Tampa Bay has... The last three have just been fucking bizarre as hell. Uh, some of the most bizarre matchups I've watched the Rams play in recent years have all been against Tampa. I mean, we had the Tavon Austin game. We had the Hurricane game. Uh, we had the Jared Goff 500-yard 55-41 to loss. Uh, and we had the the game last year where Tom Brady just decided to n- n- turn into uh, not Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. I I, I don't have any jokes there, <laughs> but it was so encouraging to me to see. Uh, it wasn't encouraging to see the Rams go three and out, three drives in a row, and allow an Indianapolis touchdown, and then give up uh, the the fumble punt touchdown, which was obviously unacceptable. But as soon as we lost the lead, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I posted the Matthew Stafford comeback meme, uh, which is truly an all-timer. And we just scored in four plays, a four-play, 70-yard, two-minute drive. I mean, that just to me felt so good um, for – you know, they showed a really unfair graphic to Matthew Stafford in this game, talking about next week's matchup, where it showed his playoff wins against Tom Brady, and Tom Brady had like 31, and Matthew Stafford had zero. But this guy, clear, like it's clearly not his fault that the team didn't have playoff success, because he's a gamer, he's clutch as hell, and he never quits. And like, if you're the quarterback for the Detroit Lions for 12 years, you cannot have an ounce of quit in you, and this guy clearly doesn't. And, you know, he had the interception this game, he showed he was human a little bit, but uh, him and Cooper Cup were the reasons we won this game. They are they're absolute monsters. Uh, Stafford was slinging it, Cup was making incredible plays, and would I have liked to have not been in that position at all, and just won this game in a normal way? Yeah, but I, I think it Ultimately, hopefully it'll be a learning experience for this team to take, take a little licks and hopefully we'll come out better in next week's game. But I mean, just to speak to the positive of this game cup was unbelievable. And I think Stafford is everything is advertised.
1: Cup deserved the game ball in this game.
2: Oh yeah. No, no doubt about it. He's on his way to his first pro bowl. uh, I think pretty easily this year. He might lead the league in receiving all Stafford is doing is throwing him the ball. Yeah.
1: Seriously, and he, he is doing a lot of work after the catch. Like, it's it's really entertaining watching him because. You, you don't the expect is finally him to have that kind when the rams of fight aren't him, playing or when they're playing and he's just we're so all looking for a way to and just knocking make the down game a, more interesting get know, on
2: the action and give us if another if motivation for watching scenario it looks for a unique way to get it, on the it, it, action it's, it's hilarious watching them it's time to come drop play, up it's like damn Thrive fantasy drive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app the specifically for player Super you're tired to doing hours of reachers for the best fantasy sleepers this is probably the place for you. drive le least we did players that actually yeah i mean I mean, it, you know, so he thought he I was there on Domino all the so time. It's like, what else can you say, man? He's best. an absolute fucking beast. You'll be able to beast. choose prop bets for uh, top tier. We do not win this game without him. That's for damn game. sure. Each player's and will be I'd like to see some other guys get involved in the, the offense more. Uh, Robert hit Woods had a decent props, day, but... Show, if caps going to keep playing book, like this, just throw the ball, man. What more do you send? $4 million to his players. So last we week, if you listen to our post game show, all our Rams we talked a bit at length about, about the decision to draft. Talk uh, Rams, all caps. 2 2 at $50 and more. And you'll get a 100% deposit passing on a center. So you put in 50, you're going to get a 100, you're going to get 200 the deal we were you're not going to want to pass bit up, after that especially game. with football back, and you know coming into our lives, download the know. Thrive Fantasy app today on the and App Store or Play Store. We Visit the website admit and sign up today and I think we were away. a little too hard on Brian Allen, that podcast, seeing uh, all the high grades for him in that game and some of the positives. He he had some pancakes in that game. We really only talked about the negatives, and listen, man, I think he played great this week. You know, he might he might be the answer. I, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong here. I hope this is a long-term thing. Uh, he's grading out really well on pro football focus. That's not a perfect stat. Certainly useful for him, considering that was not the case in 2019. Um, and I, you know, man, I, I think the line's going to be fine. I, after this game, I'm, I'm really, this is a good defense, and they didn't give me anything to be concerned about. I... Do I still think they should have taken a center instead of two two outwell? Yeah. We can get a two two in a sec, but um we're sorry, Brian. You're having a hell of a year so far.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, there was there was a few uh missed blocks on, on uh Brian Allen in the first game.
2: Oh, for sure. But
1: yeah. Yeah, I I mean he I, I think you're right in a sense that we did focus a little too negatively on his performance because he did have a, a few moments there where, you know, he, he looked a lot better. And I, I think we did mention that he did seem to improve from, you know, his uh, debut in 2019, but yeah, we did focus primarily on the negative aspects of it. Um, but that being said, this game, he, Looked a, he looked even a lot better than in the first game, you know. He, he really didn't have a whole lot of mistakes that I noticed. Um, you know he he had a few, but I think that's any offensive lineman. I mean, uh, you even look at our what we think is our best offensive lineman and in, in, uh, Andrew Whitworth. He he allowed a sack, which is very uncharacteristic of him. But you know, mistakes happen, unfortunately. Uh, but. Even the even the past two games there wasn't a ton of pressure on Stafford in either game, you know, so that's that's a lot more than you know you could really ask for, especially uh in an offensive line that we had no idea what to expect uh during the offseason. So it's nice to see that everyone's coming together. Uh do I think that um you know the the Rams should have went after a center? Probably because This is a a contract year for Brian Allen. Uh, Don't know what his status is going to be after this season, but uh, it is something to keep in mind that, you know, he is in a contract year this year, so
2: he might. To me, he'd have to play outrageous for him to not be able to be brought back at an affordable rate. Like, he'd have to be Unbelievable.
1: Well, it's still early. I mean, so yeah, far no, so good. It, it,
2: it's possible, man. Stranger things have happened. Um but that being said, I mean, we could have brought back Austin Blythe at like one million dollars and we didn't do it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's like, true. Oh, yeah, who fucking knows. Um Yeah, I, I, I very encouraging from him. Offensive line as a whole has looked really solid. Uh they're not perfect, but they're good enough for a quarterback with the pocket awareness and the mobility of Stafford only sacking this game was given by Whitworth of all people who got smoked on that play, but it was certainly a fine game uh, for him. Besides that, and I don't want to beat a dead horse and I don't want to talk about this too much, but uh, you look at the snap counts in this game, uh, eight Rams played a hundred percent of the snaps, which is not usual. And Robert Woods played 98% and Van Jefferson played 92%. So, Ten of the eleven Rams and offense played ninety percent of the snaps, and it probably would have been eleven if Daryl Henderson get hurt, didn't get hurt. Uh, the only other receivers that shifted in, and obviously the the group there was Higby, Woods, Cup, Jefferson, and a little bit of and Henderson, Michelle mix. Whichever running back was healthy, Jake Funk played three snaps, Johnny Munt played three snaps, and Deshaun Jackson played three snaps. So what the Rams are saying after two weeks is that they are very confident in the guys that were here last year and they're not using their only free agent signing basically. And Deshaun Jackson using him minimally. I, I would like to see him play a little more. You know, I don't think he's a guy that they should be playing 90% of the snaps by any means, but I would rather see like a 70 30 split there between Jefferson and, and Deshaun, just because he, he brings some gravity to the field. um, He's dangerous anytime he's out there. But also, Tutu Atwell, our second-round pick, played zero snaps. And I don't want to sit here and rag on that pick a little too much, but every week we just have to bring up just how goddamn useless of a pick that was. If you look at this team and you say, where could they use depth, even if he's not on the team, you would look at receiver last out of every position on the depth chart. If you're saying what position could use another body? If let's say Tristan Jackson or Jay Arkowski or, or Ben Skoranek were the fifth wide receiver, you would still never look at that position and say that they need depth there. Uh he probably I don't know if he's going to play more than 20 offensive snaps this year if nobody gets hurt. And you could say, "Well, yeah, they they signed him to, to be a special teams guy. has got to be a gadget player." to contribute on special teams, they're still trotting Cooper Cup back out there to return fucking punts, so that's not the case. So it's just, it it is what it is. Is this going to ruin the team at all this year? No, but imagine if they took literally anything else at that pick, and we had another, let's say we had another outside linebacker, we had another inside linebacker, we had another cornerback, we had another... Uh, offensive lineman obviously which we've talked about a lot it's just there is no point to that pick and i don't really think there ever will be and johnny before i let you get to two i mean speaking of pointless players you know you see all these websites for sports betting and all that and you they give you a lot of bets and prop bets and all that on pointless players but our partners at thrive fantasy have prop bets for the players that matter, I mean, if you're looking for a new and unique way to get in on the action during the season, you're gonna to want to come prop up with Bright Fanny this year. It is a daily fantasy sports, and esports app specifically for player prop bets. So, you know, you don't need to do all your research on the fantasy sleepers. I mean, they're gonna give you prop bets on the top tier players, the guys that matter. I mean, looking at some of the props have for this game, you could bet the over/under on Cooper Cup total touchdowns. It's .5, so if he scores a touchdown. You bet the over, you win the bet. I mean, that's free money right there. And it, you get 100 points for that based on their point system. And the more props you win, the more points you get. You hit the most props, you rack up the most points, and you win a share of Thrive's prize pool, which is usually over $140,000 in weekly prizes. They've already awarded more than $4 million overall to their players. And, guys, we got tons of promo codes here tons of offers here with Thrive. Uh, first of all, you want to use our promo code, TalkRamps, all cap, T-A-L-K-R-A-M-S, You're going to get a 100% deposit match up to $100, minimum of 50 bucks. You put in 50 bucks, you're going to get 50 bucks back. You put in 100 bucks, you're going to get 100 bucks back. So you're doubling your money there. I mean, that is a literal definition of free money, guys. You're not going to want to pass up this deal. And we got even more deals for you guys this week. they got tons of contests. New users can deposit $10. They'll get a free ticket into their 15K Thursday Night Football Contest. You deposit $50, you're going to get that same ticket and a free ticket to the 50k Sunday contest they've got going on. And all users, if you've already taken advantage of our deals with Thrive here, if you enter the 15k Thursday Night Football contest five times or enter $100 worth of prop lobby entries, you will get a free ticket to that 50k Sunday ticket as well. So, all you guys, you do, guys, download the Thrive Fantasy app today in the App Store, the Google Play Store, or visit the website at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up, prop up, take advantage of these free promo codes, and let's win some money, guys. Anyways, Johnny, am I being dramatic on how useless Tutu Atwell is going to be this season?
1: Well, I, I think that the hope is eventually the uh, the offense will include both uh, Deshaun Jackson and Tutu Atwell out there.
2: But for but uh, at what like does it need to?
1: No. Look at no, how it's a total good they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question there. It was a total luxury pick. I and I I do think that Sean McVay just kind of fantasized a little bit too much there uh seeing that, you know, Matthew Stafford can actually, you know, dish the the long ball out there, but um I I think in a way that's a good thing because I feel like as good as we've been clamoring over this uh Over this offense, I don't think we've even seen like uh, well, maybe we've seen a little more than half, but I I I don't think we've seen uh, all of what this offense is capable of, and that's a scary thing. I think what's truly been limiting this offense, and Sean McVay himself admitted that uh, is is his play calling, you know, And, and a true testament to that is seeing the lack of snaps that uh Deshaun Jackson got I mean it's one thing if Tutu Atwell is sitting out there uh you know riding the bench but it's quite another thing for Deshaun Jackson who you know they they're paid good money to get um you know to at least do something you know not to ride the bench uh I I it's it's tough because obviously you have two really good receivers and and Woods and Cup and then a, a young developing guy in Van Jefferson but that's kind of what we were hoping for in Sean McVay to open up his playbook and, you know, spread the ball out more because while Matthew Stafford is gifted, it does him no good if he can't pass the ball to Deshaun Jackson on the sideline.
2: Yep, I, I agree. Um and I, I think we will see more Deshaun Jackson. I, I doubt there's gonna be many games where he plays three snaps. I don't think we're gonna see any more tutu Atwell for a, the foreseeable future. And, you know, if Jackson's only playing three snaps and he's healthy, what is Atwell gonna to add to this offense? Like I, I just don't don't see a use for him.
1: Yeah, not a not a damn one at the moment.
2: Yeah. Well I mean if our biggest complaint is about a guy not playing, things are going to swell. I, it is a, it is an absolute delight to watch this offense play.
1: It Says a lot about the past years, doesn't it?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it's, it's feel, feeling a lot closer to twenty eighteen than, than twenty nineteen, and and that's great. And that's even without having the best running back in football. So this is this is fun. This is a very fun team. A little too fun, though. Uh, let's talk about this defensive performance. I, I, I do want to say, before we really get into uh, what we didn't like on this defensive game, and it was certainly a weird performance by the defense, they made a lot of big plays. They came up clutch a lot. I mean, the that that goal line stand, the first drive was unbelievable. But still, still kind of got... Got it taken to them. They gave 354 total yards, uh, 245 net yards in the passing game. Although, I felt like Wentz was kind of carving them up. And 109 yards in the run, rush running game. I will say, I think he did a really good job against Jonathan Taylor. He didn't really make an impact. He's a really good player. They have a good line. Uh, it's an impressive performance. And, I mean, based on this, they should give up six yards. Against Tampa Bay's running attack, if they could do this to Jonathan Taylor, they should give up single-digit yards to their fucking pitiful rushing attack. But uh, like I said before, we ended like I think Wentz played a really good game. Uh wasn't perfect, certainly that shuffle pass was a very big like what the the fuck like moment. Um, and great play by Troy Reader who. Uh, I, I said this on Twitter, you know, it, the first 90 yards of the field, he he is not a good pass defender, but get him on the goal line, the dude turns into Deion Sanders. Uh, he is, <laughs> he's always making fast pass defense plays on the goal line for some reason. But uh, I, I think Wentz played his ass off, man. I, I think he played a really solid game, and he really took it to us with his legs, um, with his arm, you know. It, the the safeties got a lot of slack for that bomb he had while getting drilled by Aaron Donald to Michael Pittman, but that was a great pass. Uh, it's a play that could have been defended, but I mean, listen, man, I give more credit to Wentz on that play uh, than I do take things away from uh, Fuller and Scott or whoever was covering him there. Uh, it was a good game by him, and I mean, if, if there's certainly things to be concerned about, but I you know. He's not Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is not making those plays with his likes next week. Um so I mean what what it, like a quick run through some of the positives on this game on defense. I I didn't really notice Jalen Ramsey on the field at all for almost the entirety of this game and as soon as Jacob Eason came in Certainly, seemed like there was a reason for that. They were not looking his way, and Eason walks out of the field, throws a pass, and is immediately picked off. Uh, Ramsey had to have been seething when he threw <laughs> when he threw that first pass. Um, so, credit to clearly the game planned around him, but it's a solid game. You know, I mean, it must have been a solid game because we didn't really notice him.
1: Yeah, as far as Ramsey goes, I mean, he was he was out there, you know, doing his thing, and of course, Wentz isn't gonna, you know, pass the ball his way, and and most quarterbacks don't, and that's one of the reasons why Wentz had a had a great game. I mean, other than the fact that he had a, uh, you know, he he looked like his old self out there, you know, uh, which is good news for the Colts, uh, considering he comes back soon. Uh, Aaron Donald likes to uh, take out Wentz for some reason, uh, but as far as uh, as far as the rest of the secondary goes, a uh, bit of a concern because obviously Ramsey's going to do his thing, but you'd, you you can't give up the ball that much to you know guys like. Pittman, who, uh, you know, I, I think is promising. You know, he's certainly a promising young receiver. But, you know, this is... He's not like a, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown even. I I would not put him up there. And I am a little concerned going into that game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about, about that a little bit later, but... <laughs> Yeah, the uh I, I have to say I was a little bit concerned about the secondary, you know, just getting the ball out to Antonio Pit, uh, you know, to <laughs> I almost said Antonio Pittman. Uh
2: Michael Pittman. Yeah. You're thinking of Antonio Michael. Gibson.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I went that route. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Pittman. Uh but yeah, Michael Pittman. Uh we can't we can't give that up to Michael Pittman that often that's just that's not acceptable and I, I think moving forward the rams will kind of address that but uh not as much of a lockdown secondary as it was last year and uh, at least for the first two contests i i'm i'm still a little bit concerned
2: yeah i i felt like uh they were kind of picking darius williams apart a little bit in this game you know i'm not i wouldn't say i'm concerned about him yet at all but like you said I mean this is the best game of Michael Pittman's career like it literally is his previous career high was 101 yards uh I feel like this this might (laughs) give me one second to look this up I'm pretty sure this is his highest um reception total in a game it is by far or not by far uh against Tennessee last year he had seven receptions for 101 yards This game, he had eight receptions for 123. It's the best game of his career. (laughs) I think he's a promising young player, but uh, he's promising and young, and he's not fully there yet. And, you know, Jack Doyle had 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 a really solid game, too, in this game. So, you know, when you're giving up, like, pretty decent chunks of passing yardage to Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman, and Jack Doyle, and then next week you have Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, and Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown, it's certainly not, like, ideal. Um, You know, Jalen Ramsey can't guard everybody. So I, I'm i concerned about the pass defense as well. This was certainly not an encouraging performance. And I think we will have a better idea of who this pass defense is next week. If we come out to Tampa Bay and give up... Uh, you know, good chunks of yardage, but we make some plays, we get some turnovers. Like it is what it is. But I mean, Tom Brady comes out there and throws for 400 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, you know, I know it's Tom Brady. I know that's the best receiving core in the NFL, but you got to beat the best to be the best. So, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, I I'm I'm definitely concerned there. I absolutely am. And we'll we'll see what happens next week before we fully sound the alarms. On like a scale of 1 to 10, I'm at a 5. And next week will be a real good test for that. Um the the big the, the play people are talking about the most in this defensive game was Kenny Young getting ejected. Touch the official, man. That that's gonna do it. I, I, you know, whether or not it was the right decision, it, it, they didn't really have a choice. I thought it was interesting. I guess Ernest Jones played a little bit after um, Young got ejected, but I, I did see a lot of one linebacker sets after that, and Troy Troy Reader played uh, a good chunk of this game. So, <sighs> I, I, how'd you feel about the ejection? I mean, I. I it, it was a boneheaded play, but it is what it is. I mean, it wasn't the worst, the craziest thing I've seen someone do.
1: No, it certainly wasn't the craziest, but uh, I, I'm i real happy with what I saw in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey going over to Kenny Young, basically letting him know, like, hey, man, this, this doesn't help our team any. Um, and Aaron Donald is very familiar with uh, – uh, you know, doing boneheaded things uh, to get himself ejected. So um, I think it was, it showed great leadership skills. And I, I think Kenny Young realized, you know, after his frustrations, you know, settled a bit, but yeah, he, he's got to be smarter than that, uh, especially because uh, it, it wasn't much contact, but it was enough to warrant an ejection. So, um, you know, Luckily for him, it, it didn't get any worse to where it needed to be a suspension. I mean, technically, he could still be suspended still, but uh, it's from what I've heard from reports, it's leaning that he'll he may face a fine, but that's about it. Uh, but it, it needs to be something he cannot do. Uh, it's very understandable to get frustrated in the in. In the game, especially when it was as close as it was, and uh, seeing you know some success uh, from you know different players, but you know you you can't you can't do that. You you really can't. And I I, I could understand his frustration, especially because uh, this this is one of the better offensive lines he's he's ever going to play against this this year, uh, and at least uh, on the regular season anyway. So, um, yeah, very, very talented offensive line, um, and not seeing the success that he wants to, yeah, he's going to get a little hot headed, but, uh, he, he, he has to calm himself down and make sure he cools himself down for the better of the team. And yeah, just not do anything stupid like that.
2: Yeah. And a suspension will be insane. It'll be absolutely insane if he got suspended be one of the most egregious suspensions i think i've ever seen um he clearly heat of the moment somebody touched him he just shoved him off him it was a reaction i doubt he knew it was a ref. as it, it is you know it wasn't not like he went out of his way to shove the referee uh he gets ejected that's the rule that's what should have happened i think that's the end of it maybe he'll face a small fine i can't imagine it be anything crazy
0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: We'll see. We'll see. Um, you wanted to talk about the outside linebackers?
1: Yeah, uh, so um I, from what I understand, uh, I, I'm still trying to find information on Justin Hollins. What his status is going to be, uh, but last I heard, it looks like he may have a broken hand. That's uh, not right. I know. Uh, I know Justin Lawler for sure has a broken hand, but uh, yeah, uh, the outside linebacker depth has already been kind of. Limited because you know, uh, guys like Obo Karankro, uh, started off on, on the season on um, on the uh, IR,
2: as is tradition.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's uh, like tradition, like Steve said. But other than that, so you have Leonard Floyd if if uh, Justin Hollins is indeed injured as badly as I think I saw. Um, that's, that's a, that's a big concern because then you have Terrell Lewis who will ultimately have to start at that point and his injury history is not very favorable as well either. Uh, so then who do you have behind Terrell Lewis? Well, you'd have to go with, uh, the rookie seventh round rookie, Chris Garrett. Because Justin Lawler is is not available, and that is considering Chris Garrett is uh is able to come off the COVID list uh, because the last we saw of Chris Garrett, he was on the COVID list, hasn't come off just yet, but it seems like if there's no setback, he will come off this week. So that's not a lot of depth coming into this this week's game. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can dig up uh, any more information about I, Justin Hollins.
2: I, I found it. So uh, Ramswire looks like accidentally posted Justin Hollins broke his hand and not Justin Lawler. So I think ah, he's good. Okay, So
1: okay, that is good news then.
2: Yeah, very good news. But, I mean, your point still stands. It's already, you know, it's a position that we talked about as a position of need in the off season, and they chose not to address it. And, I mean, to their credit, Justin Hollins played really well. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't need to, would an outside linebacker have been a better pick than Tutu Atwell? Yes, it would have, but (laughs) that's not, that's not the world we live in. So, (laughs) um, as long as Hans is healthy, yeah, we will be fine, but, uh, it is paper thin. And I think if, you know, if one of those guys were to go down, you're nervous about trusting Tara Lewis and Chris Garrett, especially Chris Garrett. You know, I don't think he's ready yet, even though I'm happy he made the team. But, um, like, shit, man, yeah, they would have to make a move, probably. And we, we traded our fourth-round pick for running back insurance. And, hey, to their credit, it might come in handy this week. But, yeah, man. I got a lot of thoughts about the Michelle Trey, but I don't think that this week is the time for it. Um, you got yeah, you got any other defensive thoughts here before before we move on to the next game?
1: Uh, no, I think that wraps it up for this
2: week. Just want to let you know, Johnny, so that all of you can experience my pain and suffering. Before we started recording this podcast, the Lions game was entering the fourth quarter. I was down 11 in a fantasy matchup. And I lost by .75. Oh, damn. <laughs> so we fall to 0-2 in that league. But, listen, I'm doing pretty well in my other league, so I, I'm not going to sit here and groan too much. But we came very close. That was, that was not ideal. Uh, let's talk a little about Tampa Bay. Uh, you're going to get a preview pod from Derek and the boys later in the week. But... This is obviously a very big matchup. We talked about, you know, in our preseason preview pods, how, you know, the first five games here, Chicago, Indianapolis, Tampa, Arizona, Seattle, it's a tough start to the season. And, you know, we knew Chicago and Indy were probably going to be the weeks of the bunch, you know, Arizona, maybe two, but they look very good. Talk about them next week but this is gonna be a tough game man this is gonna real, you know we have had two wins uh different calibers of wins but they're both i would say hard fought wins they they the rams they rams brought it in both games this week you know it's indianapolis they're not the best team in the league but like i said i think they're in the top half of teams and you go on the road and east coast time zone for a west coast team get a win that's big but the, tampa bay these are the big boys, man. These are the real contenders here. Tampa Bay is the reigning champions, as I'm, as we mentioned in the past. They brought back everybody. Uh, it's a lethal passing attack. They're top five in passing yards. They've thrown the most passing touchdowns in the league. They've scored the most touchdowns out of anyone in the league. Uh, they've had an elite running defense so far this year. But they're beatable. They barely beat the Cowboys in week one, who barely beat the Chargers in week two. And, you know, they they kind of hosted the Falcons in the fourth quarter of this game, but um, they were losing, or if I'm doing my math right, no, they were up four going into the fourth quarter. So it's not like it was a total blowout against Atlanta. Atlanta, who, <laughs> do you think Atlanta's good? Because I certainly uh, don't.
1: No, no, not, I'm... <laughs> no they they haven't been it's the team a that while.
2: gave Cordero Patterson 12 touches in 2021 um <laughs> but they they won the game they're 2-0 and you know they have they have Tom Brady in quarterback anyone doubting this team is an absolute fool the big test as we mentioned this entire podcast is you know the the Bucks running game is non-existent and it hasn't mattered and I don't think it's going to be that existent in this game. I'm sure they'll try and get it going a little bit. I'm not super concerned about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. But you've got Tom Brady and you've got just weapons on weapons in the receiving core. I mean as far as your top three receivers go, top four if you're including tight end, it doesn't get much better than Gawain Evans, A, B, and Gronk. I mean you're talking about two very good studs in or near their prime depending on how you feel about Evans. You got a Hall of Famer in Antonio Brown who's still really good. You got a Hall of Famer in Gronk who's still really good. You got the best quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. Uh this will be the test for this defense and if if they have a good performance here, we're going to be feeling really good about this team. If they win this game, we're going to be feeling really good about this team. Do you have enough faith in the secondary that they can do enough to give the offense a chance to win this game
1: that that's tough to answer because i look at i look back at last year when when I had a lot more confidence in the secondary with you know troy hill and and uh john johnson and on the roster and uh you know they did a solid job uh you know. Shutting down the the receivers, not completely, obviously, but they they did a good enough job to win the game. I'm a little nervous. I, I'm not gonna lie, because you know that's that's an absolutely stacked, uh, you know, receiving core, and you know, especially if you throw a Gronk in the mix, and it's like, well, damn, you know, who who do you who do you or where do you place uh, Jalen Ramsey at? And does it even matter? Because the receiver that Ramsey is is uh, covering, it's like, well, Tom Brady doesn't have to necessarily attack where Ramsey's covering. You you have so many other options, and I'm based on these past two performances, it, it's not looking good particularly in the secondary. Uh, not that they're trash or anything; they're not garbage or anything like that. You know, some people kind of get carried away, but, um, certainly not the elite secondary that we saw last year. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if, if, uh, they can really, you know, cover this, uh, elite receiving unit. So, um, personally, like, uh, if you go back to, the, uh, um, the off-season predictions that Steve and I did, I, I actually have the Rams winning this game against the uh, Bucks, And I, I think that they may still pull it off, but man, it's going to be a nail-biter. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a nail-biter. The offense needs to be completely on, on track, and uh, defense has to get a few stops. Otherwise, uh, my prediction is not coming true.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm... Still gonna pick the Rams to win this game because I I had before the season thirty one twenty eight I'll keep it um because I I do think that the Buck secondary ha- has been attacked this year and uh, attacked well by Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan now granted I you know even Matt Ryan at this point is still a very good quarterback Dak Prescott I think is I have always been a Dak defender if you listen to this podcast for a long time and I feel validated as hell about it Um, and I think I think our offense will do enough to win this game uh, I really do I, I think that Stafford gonna have a big chip on his shoulder going into this game as he's had the whole season I think he's gonna play a great game I Think cups gonna eat I think Woods is gonna eat but <sighs> there it's gonna be a duel and the defense is gonna have to make some big plays now you look at last year's game uh, it was obviously a weird weird game. Uh it was one of the ugliest fourth quarters I've ever seen. Brady went 26 of 48 for 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, after this game, the Bucs went on a tear and uh, you know, the rest is history. They won the Super Bowl. They they haven't you know, I was was this their last the uh, so, this was their second to last loss. They lost the next week to the Chiefs. They had a bye week. Haven't lost since. That was <laughs> 10 games ago. They are um, <sighs> like the receiving core is unbelievable. Chris Godwin in two career games against the Rams 19 catches for 225 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he has brutalized us. Obviously, he destroyed us the game before Jalen Ramsey was here. And last year, still had seven catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. <sighs> Antonio Brown is there, man. He's good. And, and Gronk, historically, has also whooped our ass. Um, it's going to be tough. It is going to be as big of a test as ever. I think Ramsey's going to bring it, but he's one guy. And as we saw in this week's game, you don't have to tart. You can succeed in the passing game without targeting him, and, and, and the Colts did, and, like, I don't know, man, this is this is going to be a test, I, like, that's, uh, there's not really a lot to say, these are two great teams, uh, you know where the holes are, they're both in the pass defense right now, and they're probably both going to be in the running game if Henderson doesn't play offensively, so it's going to be a dogfight, man, it's going to be a shootout, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. But I still think the Rams win. I still think they win. Well, let, let's put it this way: like I
1: feel like if the, I, I mean, we kind of said said this every week so far that this is going to be a test for the Rams. Uh, this this is the ultimate test because this may very well be the most difficult game the Rams face all year long. Uh, I, I mean, debatable because they still have some. You know real tough teams along the way And then we still haven't even played any of the NFC West matchups yet uh, And that that's always fun And but, yeah um, let,
2: let's be real Given what we've seen this defense do You know with their personnel Historically I think Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray Even though we did a really good job against both them Last year those are the type of dudes That are going to give us fits more than Tom Brady um, Even though you know It sounds like an insane thing to say but uh, Tom Brady cannot move you know, like he, nope. he he cannot leave the pocket. When he's in the pocket, he's gonna be dangerous as hell. But if we could we could make it a, a tough day for him in the pocket, we could succeed. Uh, even with all those weapons they have, uh, Kyler Murray. It doesn't matter where he is on the field. Like if you get him, if you break the pocket, he's still gonna throw touchdowns.
1: And, and uh, boy, he, Tom Brady doesn't like to be hit. He gets. <laughs> I, I've never seen a quarterback that gets so pissed off
2: well man i've never seen a 44 year old quarterback so (laughs) that's true (laughs) i don't blame him i'm 27 (laughs) and i don't like getting hit
1: oh i i mean who does but like this guy he doesn't bounce up and and you know get ready for the next play no he, he does a little bit of jawing to whoever hits him and it's like I've never actually seen that before. It's it's kind of hilarious, and uh, you you know that uh, Aaron Donald is is going to want to see that. So uh, I mean, he's done a hell of a job so far. He, he may not show it in the stat sheet, but uh, Carson Wentz will tell you that uh, Aaron
2: Donald does hit hard. Yes, he does. Well, are you, are you still predicting a win for the Rams? You know, I
1: I am. I I'm, I'm going to be honest, though, I am not as confident as I was in the offseason, uh, just given what I've seen from the secondary, because uh, that's going to determine if uh, the Rams win this game or not. I, I feel like the Rams will get it done offensively. I, I'm very confident there. Um, it's, it's the defense, uh, particularly the secondary, where I'm very concerned at. If if they give Tom Brady even just a little bit of leeway, you know he's going to take advantage. So I, I, I'm still going to predict a victory here. It's just going to be very close, and which I predicted from the start. But
2: yeah, and I feel like it, the Bucks podcasters are giving the same exact thoughts on their podcast, um, although probably picking the Bucks to win. But Just like you give Matthew Stafford a little bit inch, and he's gonna he's gonna take advantage of it. Rams have won six of their last seven matchups against the Bucks, which doesn't sound like a real thing. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But like you look back, man. Like I said, like last year we somehow beat them. Uh, year before that we lost. But 2016, we had the game where we we're throwing away the game, and then we got a hurricane, and then Jameis Winston crossed the line of scrimmage on the last play year before that, we had the nuclear Tavon Austin color rush game. Um, <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, somehow they won in 2012, 2013, and 2014. I don't even remember. Uh, so that's fun. That's fun. All right. I mean, you got any parting thoughts here before you go? Anything we missed?
1: Uh, I, Nah, nah. I, I was going to give a shout-out to uh... – brian allen again but i felt like we talked enough about him so he deserves uh, it
2: we have been dragging that dude for three years he, that's true he deserves the victory lap if anyone knows brian allen tell him he could come on the podcast and berate us for an hour and we'll take it <laughs> because i mean we deserve it
1: i i mean honestly i i would i would tune in for that for sure i i would love to see him just clown on us
2: <laughs> i stand by everything i said I have no regrets in any of these takes. I still no think they should have drafted a center. I mean, clearly they—they're they're not using the guy they picked, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to see him succeed. i I, w- I wish it was two years ago, but I'm happy—better late than ever, man. Good to see—good to see him winning.
1: Yeah, I mean he's winning for us now. So what more can you ask for?
2: Yep, we'll take it. I, I always want anyone on this team to succeed. Uh, with the possible exception of Jared Cook, but another topic for another day. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with a 3 0 start. And if not, we're going to be fine. Uh, follow us on Twitter at C. at Johnny506, at TalkRams, follow the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It was five star review, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Tell
1: Sean Payton, keep talking that. Mm-hmm. We're going to see him soon. You mm-hmm. feel me?